0: I'm not a cop, but my coworker's father is and he hit me with this whopper of a story once. For some background reference, I live in Austin and all these occurrences were with the Austin Police Department and happened in 1978. An APD officer pulled over a blue Mustang for not having a rear license plate. A man and woman inside. The officer tries to run the couple through dispatch but the system is down, so he lets them go with a citation. After letting them go, however, dispatch lets him know that the man has an outstanding warrant. The officer pulled the couple back over and the man, David Lee Powell, knew his arrest was imminent. Crawling into the back seat, he loaded his AK-47 and opened fire as the officer approached. Mortally wounded, the officer called for backup before dying on the side of the road. Officer Villegas, my co-worker's father, hears on the radio that an officer is down only 8 blocks away and takes off straight for where he thinks the killer is headed, the highway. Before arriving, however, he finds a blue Mustang in an apartment complex parking lot with its lights off and cruising at a really low speed. He peels into the parking lot, blocking the only exit off and calls for backup. Then a storm of bullets pound his police car some from Powell's AK-47, some from his lady accomplice's pistol. As they're exchanging fire, Powell hurls a small, oval-sized object towards the front of Officer Viegas' police cruiser. To the officer's horror, it was a hand grenade, and he was sure his death was imminent. He explained his last thought being of his wife and kids, and how he was so sad he wouldn't be able to see them again, that being the scariest moment in his 38 years on the force. But the grenade didn't go off, and Powell and his lady friend were out of ammo. As backup arrived, Powell took off behind the apartment complex into the woods, whereas the lady accomplice attempted to hide in a ditch. Seeing her in the ditch attempting to reload, Officer Viegas ran up to her and kicked her square in the face, shattering her jaw. Pound was later caught in the woods after a manhunt and received the death penalty for his actions that day. My great aunt lived way out in the boonies by an old southern prison. This was before most people had TV, so she had been listening to the radio and found out that a violent rapist had escaped from the prison nearby. She walked into her bedroom and had one of those old, saggy mattresses and felt something underneath the bed. She said something didn't feel right and she slowly got off the bed and called the police. When they arrived, they found the rapist under her bed holding a knife from her kitchen. He told them that he had been waiting for her to go to sleep, so he could rape her and then stab her to death. We were living with my brother-in-law and his two teens when I was pregnant. He has an elevated house on quite a bit of former hunting land several miles down a county road. My husband works seven to six and brother-in-law works offshore for 14 days. While he was at work, his kids stayed with their grandmother. It was a nice house, but it had a weird vibe. I chalked it up to pregnancy hormones One day, home alone, I was taking a shower and felt someone staring at me. I stuck my head out and listened. I couldn't hear anyone in the house, so I resumed my shower. A while later, I heard the back door shut. I was standing in the kitchen and could see the door, which had no steps and was six foot from the ground. The door was still locked. I told my husband about it that night and he shrugged it off. We locked down and went to bed. I don't know how long I'd been asleep, but I woke up to the blankets being yanked off the bed and my husband flipping on every light in the house. He threw open every door, every cabinet, looking in every pantry or closet while holding his handgun. I asked him what was going on and he swore he heard boots thumping through the house and someone talking. Everything was still locked and it's not a big house nobody was there except us. One night, a while later, my niece came into our room. Her dad worked over and we had them for a few days, and she asked to sleep in the bed with us. Now this girl isn't scared of anything, and she was 14 at the time. I sat up, told my husband to scoot over and patted my pillow. That's when I noticed her 16-year-old brother curled up under a blanket on the floor beside me, Why are you both in our room at two in the morning? They didn't want to answer at first, but explained that something in my niece's room laughs at night. I hated that room when we moved in, and I put up any laundry I did quickly in there. I asked my nephew why he was on the floor, and he said, she came into my room on the cot to sleep, but something started knocking on the door. We came down here as soon as it stopped. Again, Husband flipped on every light and looked in every nook and cranny. Nothing. Eventually we moved out and the kids decided to live full time with grandma. My husband said he heard a man laughing in my niece's room, but there was nobody there when he turned on the lights. It scared the shit out of him. I was 17 years old and it happened on a late summer night. My dad and my little brother had gone to a boy scout campout. My dad was one of the scout masters. I was home alone with my mom for the weekend. She was already in bed at this point, it was around 2 in the morning. I was just finishing up my late night gaming. I had to go to the bathroom one more time before going to sleep though. While sitting on the toilet playing games on my phone, I heard the faintest little tap on the bathroom door. Mom? Is that you? Mom! I yelled. It wasn't windy or anything, there didn't seem to be any logical way to dismiss it. I slowly and nervously opened the door. There was nobody there, but my bedroom door was now shut. I was certain I hadn't shut it. I went over to my mom's room and told her I thought somebody was in my room. She didn't take me seriously and told me that she didn't know what to tell me. I tried to convince myself that maybe I did shut my door. I opened my door, feeling extremely freaked out and when I snuck a peek into the room, I felt like my heart exploded inside my chest. I could see a hand sticking out from behind the dresser in the corner of my room. Somebody was hiding there. I ran to my mom's room and locked the door behind me. After quietly freaking out, telling her that there's a man in the house, she finally believed me and went straight to the phone to call the cops. I put my ear up against the door trying to hear anything going on outside. I eventually heard the man's footsteps come out from my room and slowly come closer to my mom's room till making it right outside the door and stopping. I could see the outlines of his shoes from the bottom crack of the door. He tried the doorknob, but thankfully it had a lock. It seemed the lock was enough to persuade him to give up, because I heard him stomp downstairs and out the front door. I hurried to the window to see which way the man was headed, but he was already gone. When I was about 8 years old, I was up in Maine at my uncle's house with my cousin and little brother, who were all in the same age range. The part of Maine, Stratton, is pretty secluded and about 30 minutes from Canada. We were sleeping on sleeping bags in his living room, when all of a sudden, through the window of my uncle's door, probably about 9 feet tall but had human-like anatomy, this thing was standing hunched over looking into the house. We all screamed and it did a non-human maneuver with its neck and ran behind the house. The footsteps of this thing practically shook the house and my mom and uncle come running into the living room. It's been practically 20 years and we all still talk about it like it was yesterday. New Year's Day 1995. I was in the middle of my third year of university and a bunch of my friends had come down to visit me and my roommate for the festivities. We were all pretty hungover from drinking the night before and went out for the usual nice day out, a bit chilly and I don't feel so good post-greasy breakfast hungover stroll around the neighborhood. Two of these friends were twin brothers. One of them we hung out with all the time, the other we had just met for the first time. He was pretty normal the night before, and joining in the fun. But on this day, we were all hanging around a local basketball court, shooting hoops with an old basketball we'd found in the grass, and this twin brother kept following me around all over the place with the creepiest grin I'd ever seen in my life, staring right into the nether regions of my soul the whole time. I'd back away and join the group again, and he'd keep following me around, When we were walking back to the apartment, it was just me and him walking down the sidewalk behind the group. He moved over in front of me, stared at me with that creepy look again, and fell down to his knees as if to worship me or something. I didn't know what to do. Hey buddy, you alright? We're heading back now, right? And so on. He wouldn't say anything. He'd just be there on his knees, looking up at me with a clenched face and squinted eyes, as if he were looking directly into the sun or something. Later that day, my roomie said he was tripping balls, so I thought nothing of it and moved on with my life. A few weeks later, we got a phone call from the twin brother we usually hang out with. It turned out that his other twin brother went over to his aunt's place with a knife, and he stabbed her 14 times. She didn't die, but, you know, it's still pretty bad. He had even called the police before going, because he knew he was going to do it, but he couldn't stop himself from doing it, because you know, the voices and so on. The ensuing court case was widely covered in the media, as this was a relatively smaller community where this sort of thing doesn't happen on a regular basis. I was reading one of the articles and one of the testimonies was that this twin brother was severely schizophrenic and was hearing voices in his head. He believed to his very bones that this ant was the devil and that he had been commanded by God to go and kill her. So who was this God that told him to go kill her? Well, as the newspaper article described it, it was a guy in a group he hung out with on New Year's Day. It didn't take me long to realize that he was talking about me. This was 22 years ago. I know for a fact it was a mental illness, but just knowing that I had somehow commanded him to go kill his aunt stays with me to this day. I grew up living with my mother and sister. Fairly normal childhood, living in a small town in the UK. I never knew my dad. All I knew from what my mother told me was that he was a bad man. I first met him when I was around 10 years old. It was all confusing, don't really remember everything, but I think they'd started seeing each other again. They saw each other on and off for a few months and then he would disappear. This carried on throughout my teens, up until I was around 15 years old. He started to get quite aggressive and she refused to see him anymore. My mother never told me when I was younger, but he used to beat her to an inch of her life when she was pregnant with me. One afternoon, he came to the door. When my mom wouldn't let him in, he tried to break the door down, shouting that he was going to burn down the house and kill us all. He didn't know I was there to witness all of this. I saw him at the front of the house with his hands to his neck, mimicking slitting our throat. That day he got arrested, my mom got a restraining order against him. That was the last time we had heard from him until three years ago. I got a postcard through the post with nothing but my name on it and a phone number. I instantly recognized his messy handwriting. I thought it was odd after about five years of no contact getting a postcard from him. Obviously, I ignored it. In July of 2013, my mother found the police at our door They came with some news that was shocking, but also, not at all. I'll start from the beginning here. My grandmother went to visit my father. She's often traveling around and it wasn't unusual to not hear from her for some weeks. But when she hadn't been heard from in three months, the family began to worry. The last person who had seen or heard from her was my dad. This all happened around the time I received the postcard Her going missing had coincided with her discovery of a body about a half a mile from where she was seen last. A relative identified her from a digital reconstruction of her skull, which was a striking resemblance to her. My dad was the number one suspect at this point. He was arrested on suspicion of her murder and later charged. The police took statements, told us that they had found evidence and they knew it was him, but he denied it all. We were following the case, which was when the grisly details started coming out. They'd had an argument and he ended up killing, dismembering, and then burying her in a shallow grave. They said she may have been alive when he dismembered her. Strangely enough, his family were on his side and said he was innocent. he had later came clean about the whole thing. He said he thought she was a reptile in human skin and he wanted to cut her open to see the reptile. He was being held in a secure psychiatric facility but is currently in prison. He has been assessed by multiple psychiatrists who said he has paranoid schizophrenia. He was sentenced to nine years in prison for manslaughter, not murder. I find it absolutely appalling. He has served three years already, so will be out in six years. Someone who has killed his own mother in cold blood and has made death threats to his own daughter will be out of prison so soon and it absolutely terrifies me what could possibly happen if he ever finds me or my family. I'm confused about the postcard he sent to me around the time he killed her. I don't understand how the justice system could fuck up so much and let a potentially dangerous person out of prison so soon. I use Tinder pretty frequently and it's usually cool, just meeting people, chilling and smoking with most of them. So I match with this dude named Charlie, he seems pretty cool. He's really cute and he plays music, which is really appealing to me as I also sing and play piano. We talked for a little while and I agreed to meet him at his house. Mistake number one. Why did I think it was a good idea to meet a stranger in their home? I don't drive so I take an Uber over and it's a decent way away so it's kinda pricey. When he buzzes me into the apartment complex I got this really creepy vibe but I shook it off as nerves. I go up to the third floor and he's standing at the door. Things are cool and we're just chilling. We smoked a couple of bowls and we're watching a movie. So he makes a move on me and I go with it. We end up on the bed and we're obviously engaging in adult activities when out of nowhere, he wraps his hands around my neck hard. Now that's all fine and good with me. I mean I can dig that in the right setting, but alone in a stranger's house when he didn't even check to see if it was cool is not one of those settings. So I literally can't breathe and I'm fairly certain I'm turning blue at this point. And he's just relentless. Not only is he asphyxiating me, He's now yelling in my face asking if I'm scared. He has his wild look in his eyes and I tell him I'm scared. I started to struggle and he was gripping even harder. I'm not even kidding, I thought I was gonna die. By some miracle, I wriggle out of his grasp and start screaming. He's yelling at me to calm down and I'm frantically trying to put on my clothes. He grabs my wrist as I'm trying to leave and I use all of my strength to pull away and slam the door. As it was closing, the charming fella bid me adieu with the words, Fucking cunt. I get home, and I look in the mirror. I have all these bruises on my neck. I try to cover it up with makeup to no avail. I straight up look like I was almost strangled to death. This happened to a friend of mine's housemate during their time at university. It was at the house she lived in before moving in with my friend after this event occurred. During her second year at university, she lived in a house with three other people. At Easter, everyone went back home to their parents for the Easter holidays. Her first night back after returning from the Easter break, she woke up in the morning to find some things moved about in her bedroom. She thought nothing of it, and put it down to moving it herself the night before and not remembering. She woke up the next morning to more stuff moved around, like her TV and chair. She started to get a bit scared and told her housemates to quit moving her stuff about, as it wasn't funny and very creepy. They all said they didn't touch anything. The next morning, even more stuff had been moved and she started to get very worried. Again, she told her housemate to stop, but they swore they haven't touched anything and were getting very concerned themselves. The fourth night she woke up during the middle of the night, she looked over and in the darkness, she could see a figure sitting at her desk. She freaked the fuck out, ran out of the room, locked the door and called the police. The police turned up and unlocked the door. Sure enough, there's a guy there, probably early twenties, sitting at her desk, calm as anything. The police arrest him and take him away. A couple of days later, they find out that the guy was actually a mentally handicapped person who lived at a care home not far down the road. His mother, who was his full-time carer, had looked after him until her death a year or so earlier, when he was then moved into the home. He's been a missing person for a few weeks now, and it turned out that the house this girl and her friends lived in used to be him and his mother's house. In particular, her bedroom used to be his. He eventually told the police that when he ran away from the home, his old house was where he went to. He managed to get in somehow and spent the whole time there, two and a half weeks, sleeping under the girl's bed, coming out at night while she slept to move her stuff so it was like how he had it when it was his bedroom. Safe to say, she moved straight out of there and that's when she moved in with my friend. About six years ago, I was in my final year of high school and due to the weird timetable that 12th grade had in my school, we regularly had two hour breaks between classes early finishes, and longer lunch breaks. My house was about a 20-minute walk away from school, and I would usually walk home either by myself or with a friend and chill until we had to head back. My school was located on the outskirts of the city, and my house was a little bit further out. I lived on about 40 acres on a dirt road. Along the dirt road, I had been passing a really foul smell about 5 minutes away from my house, I couldn't tell where the smell was coming from, but it was definitely close to the road. I'd passed the smell about 4 times over roughly a week of school, but figured it was a dead animal due to the area. After an exam, I was walking home with a friend and the smell was worse than ever. So as you do, we decided to walk into the grass to search for whatever the smell was. We ended up finding a black garbage bag that was completely blown up like a balloon about 5 meters from the road. As a joke, I threw a rock at it. And it popped and shut out this foul, white goo and immediately, my friend and I started dry heaving. We ran away as fast as we could, laughing and vomiting back home to my place. I didn't think anything of it, as I figured it was a cat or something that someone had dumped. I remember walking back from school the next week, by myself, and there were mounted police and their horses walking down the road slowly, and near one of the entrances to my property, there was a dog squad with sniffer dogs walking around. I didn't take much notice of all the police and what they were doing, but literally as soon as I got closer to the area that we had found the bag, I had a sinking feeling in my stomach and I thought, oh shit. The bag ended up being the body of a girl who had been murdered and was dumped along the fence line of my property. I still feel sick when I think about it.